Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you at 11.06. Before we get to Jim Hayes from my Garage Happy Hour and John Mosellock, the Cardinals President of Baseball Operations at 11.30, We'll talk some baseball right now. Let's listen in on Mike Schilt's Zoom with the media. This is the spring training report sponsored by Norm's Bargain Barn, the place for discount windows, doors, and cabinetry. Good morning, Mr. Schilt. Uh, Yesterday you talked about how you met uh, with some, I believe it was pitchers, and they were asking you, what do I got to do to make this team? What do I got to do to be a starter on this team? When uh, John Gant spoke to us, he made it very clear that he would like that chance to start. Can you give us some sense of what he has to do? Consistency is part of it um, to kind of turn your head and also what he's shown as a reliever that might fit as a starter. Well, he's, um, it's a great question. So he started um, in the past for us. He's got experience doing it. Um, he's also been a little bit more of that Swiss army knife. If you recall at the end of the 2019 camp, he was the last, you know, he was the last spot between him and Dak um, for the number five spot. And, you know, Johnny ended up going to the bullpen and we described it that being a more of a Swiss Army situation. And he was, you know, tremendous for us. I think he won 10 games. Dak won 16 and Johnny won 10 that year, um, maybe 11. Um, so don't hold me to it. But, um, yeah, he did a great job in a lot of different roles. He was able to to take um, more of a, you know, multiple inning role situation. He finished a lot of innings, got the next inning. Um, I believe a couple of times even threw more than one plus, um, which was just huge for us. And, and he was built up because he had been in camp as a starter. Um, so the possibility could go either way in this camp. What does he need to do? Um, you know, Johnny's an established major league pitcher. Um, so I don't think he needs to do anything over what he's done. He was having a phenomenal year last year um, and then had the, the growing issue. Mentioned the success he had in, in 2019 um, as well. Um, but he also had success and was able to get some innings for us as a, as a starter. So really, you know, the competition is not in a silo. Um, Johnny just needs to do what he needs to do, throw, you know, command the baseball. Um, you know, obviously be able to be effective against righties and lefties, which he is. He's got the weapons for it. Um, showed being efficient with his pitches, um, which will allow him to go a little bit deeper in games. And um, But effectively, really just be John Gant, which has been been plenty good. And just, uh, as always, we want to control counts. And, and uh, that'll be more than enough. And we'll see where the competition ends up. And, um, you know, it'll be based on, what we need and what it looks like from our rotation, but also what it looks like for the best of the St. Louis Cardinals. That is Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager on John Gant and his chances at the starting rotation. The way I see this right now, 
John Gant is somebody that they're going to keep a very close eye on because he wants it. Daniel Ponce de Leon is another one that they know what they have, solid starter, and if they need to go there, they will go to Ponce. I think he has the ability to be a fifth starter in Major League Baseball and certainly for the Cardinals. But they will be watching very closely to the wild card in all of this, and that is Carlos Martinez. Because if he is focused and he does have his stuff, he can be a devastating pitcher in this game and could very well find himself back in the rotation. But they have good options here. And as Mike Claiborne said, they might have a 5A. I mean, you could have a sixth person involved as a starter just based on how things are going and how innings are distributed. We'll see. That is our spring training report, and Jim Hayes is next. Back on Sports on a Sunday morning, here it is, Garage Happy Hour, the long-awaited visit with Fox Sports Midwest host, reporter, following the Cardinals, Jim Hayes. He's been doing it a long time. You know, I always try to make fun of my situation, a a little self-deprecating humor. You know, let's face it, Tom, we're in the toy store. Uh, when we're doing sports, and uh, and so I just try to have fun with it. All good. It's all good. I agree. That's uh, I I took a liking to you right away. In fact, Bernie Miklas was really the one who uh, really pushed the gas down. He said, "Let's get Jim Hayes in when we can and have him in." So when he and I did Sports Open Line, we used to have you in the studio back at One Memorial Drive, and uh, it was fun to watch you do radio. And uh, you're really good at it. And of course, you, you're you. great at TV. And, and gosh, it's been 20, 21 years now. It's unbelievable. Um, you, know, you, don't age, all... you, don't, you don't age, by the way. <laughs> I do. But 20, you this, this is insane. This is my 24th year at KMOX, which I, I just don't, I don't understand it. it. In some ways, it has been over half my life and others. It's gone by really fast. Uh, your role for people not familiar, but of course, everyone tuning in is absolutely familiar with this face because you're on every Cardinals telecast, just about. I mean, Erica Weston does a wonderful job, and you've got a great group of people there, yep. a great cast there at Fox Sports Midwest. Um, but you are uh, ever-present. I mean, you know, doing interviews, doing pregame features, coming up with things creative. I think if I could say the best thing about you, aside from your self-deprecating humor and makes you relatable, but you just seem to have such a great relationship with the players. How does that happen, and how do you go about that um, to develop those relationships so you can get those interviews. You know, I, I don't take myself too seriously, but I take the job seriously. <clears throat> and, you know, we are responsible for a certain amount of content every day. But I've always had the approach of treating players like people. And I think the key, and that would even, you know, not that anyone would want to emulate what I do, but I, I think that's a, a, a good bit of information for someone looking to get into broadcasting, being a reporter is that I go to the clubhouse and while it looks like I'm just, you know, playing around with these guys, I go and talk to them like people so that when I need something and they see me coming, it's not like, Oh, he needs something. Right. And so I just try to relate, you know, they give me a hard time. I try to give it back as best I can, but there's, you know, I've met so many great people, you know, so happy to have the job that I've had over the years you know, among them, so many great guys that were players that you establish relationship that, uh, you know, you can carry on beyond their playing days. And, I, you know, you have to be objective. And it's not like I'm going to say a five game losing streak. They're playing good baseball. But I always look at it as I want these guys to be not my buddies. And, and just because so, I used to get that on radio. Oh, you just like hanging out players. But no, I, I don't. I'm an old man. <laughs> 
but I want them to be like work, work friends, you know, like I have a job to do, you have a job to do. Let's get along and try to have some fun with it. So that's been my approach. It's, you know, it's, I think it's worked pretty well. And um, I think I have a pretty good rapport with some of these guys and it, it's a two way street. They're good guys. So they're receptive to it. Yeah, they are. They're human beings and they know, I mean, they know the guys that walk into that clubhouse because the players talk, believe me, and they know who they want to talk to and who they might, uh, not be in there for, and you know, Jim Hayes is definitely somebody that they look to. And I, you know, I think it's important to note also that you ask good questions. I mean, I think that you're not like, hey, Colton, wasn't that an awesome play at second base? Like, you're you are you go in, don't you? I notice you go in and you know, in your mind, I'm gonna approach them with these topics, but I'm also gonna read them and kind of see how it goes, right? And a lot of it, why I look, especially pre-game, like I joke around with players because to me, part of my job is to bring out personality. And instead of asking the same five questions pre-game that, you know, if you're not there every day, you might ask, I try to bring out different things. But post-game, I actually listen to our broadcast because we have really smart guys. Danny Mack is the best play-by-play guy, you know, that I've yes. been around. He's super talented. And all of our analysts from, you know, from Ricky to, to all of them, um, to Thompson, they're all great. So when they bring up stuff in the game, I kind of feel like that's my, that's kind of my job to follow up. And it's almost like that's part of the story. I'm going to give closure and get some answers on. And that's what I attempt to do. Pick out a couple of things that they talked about that we don't know the answer to why, how, whatever it may be, and then try to bring it full circle for the, for the viewers that stick around for the, the post game. And, and I always have a good time. Like, I always say I ask awful questions. The players play ball with it. Sometimes I ask them to grade me after an interview just so I can put it on a T and they can give me an F, Um, you know, but that's the way I look at it. I'm trying to to get some information that was that was talked about during the game. I put out a photo of you with Adam Wainwright when I was promoting this interview. And, you know, I did think of you when when Adam came back. I thought, you know, I'll be excited to see those two interact because I not to rank, we're going to go the Tony Larusa here and say tied for first, but he's got to be at the top of your list. He's great, but I will say lately, and I actually texted him about this, but he always says he's going to limit the amount of interviews I get. And I was like, "What have I done to What have I done to that guy?" And you know, <laughs> I, I do kind of look like look at Adam as a peer because there it is. That's yeah. a cheesy smile because he had a cheesy <laughs> smile. Um, but I do look at him as, a, as sort of a peer because, let's face it, you know, he's he's entering into that realm of AARP just as I am. So we have to bond on that front. He's becoming a senior. Yeah, look at him. Uh, and, and, you know, he is – I mean, he's going to be really good in our business if he wants to. He's, uh, he, he's great. He's And you know what? Like, he, he is such a great interview, always, always, always. He cares about fans. That's part of the thing, too, with players like – I praise Colton Wong for that. Win, lose, draw, good performance, bad performance. The guys that talk to you, it's not really because you have a microphone or because, you know, you're, you're okay with them. A lot of these guys understand that this is a responsibility to the fans, right? And I think Adam gets that, and he cares. And that's another reason why some guys are good interviews, because he cares. And uh, he could be a broadcaster right now. I'm so happy for what he did last year and at the end of the, the season before, because he, as he told me, you know, physically, 
he got past some of the stuff he had to get past and he felt like he wasn't 38, 39 years old. And, you know, the, the truth with Adam, I think is, and everyone talks about the curveball, curveball, which they should, but he always told me if I'm healthy enough to get a 91 mile an hour fastball and spot it, then they can't sit on the curveball and then I'm home free. And I think we saw some of that. Yeah, he's just a master. And, and, you know, as he continues to hone in on his craft every single season, I think he thinks of new things. He watches video. He learns more about his mechanics. And he and Yachty just share the same brain. I, I just am so excited that they're back together for future generations. I think one thing about the Cardinals is they do a really nice job of tying together every player from every generation. And no matter when you grew up, you feel like you're attached to Stan Musial and Lou Brock and Bob Gibson and now Yachty and Wayno. you know? I mean, it's, it's just a perfect uh, uh, way they, they do that. And I, and I always said that, that, you know, I'm from New York originally, but now I consider myself a St. Louisan because my son was born here and yep. he loves it. And he loves Cardinal baseball and he loves blues hockey and he hates the Rams and he <laughs> wants the Battle Hawks to come back. But, you know, the first day I was walking around when I got hired, I think I lived in Soulard and it was there was a Cardinal game on and I'm walking around and I could hear every radio, every TV was on the Cardinals game. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, you make friends and you realize that that Cardinal baseball is so different and there's great markets. I mean, I grew up in New York. There's great Yankee fans, Mets fans, you know, every market has good baseball fans, but St. Louis is different because, you know, people know Stan, people know Ozzy because their dad or their granddad or their grandmother or grand, you know, there's always a Cardinal fan to pass it down from generation to generation. And that's why I think the Cardinal fans have such appreciation of everything about the game. And, and I feel honestly, honored to be a small part of that. Arenado is going to absolutely love it. And, you know, if, as yeah. soon as they get people back in, it's going to be amazing. But even even before that, I think he'll really appreciate it. I don't know Nolan very well. I mean, only from just watching him and occasionally popping into the visiting clubhouse. But uh, Joe Buck just swears by how amazing a human being he is. And he would know uh, he's been around him. I, I'm really looking forward to that relationship between the fans and Nolan Arenado. You know, you know who was a big go-between with the Arenado thing? Kind of claims that he knew the deal was going through before anyone in St. Louis was Matt Holiday. He's good friends with Arenado and uh, was pitching him and keeping up, and, and, uh, and he raves about him too. And, you know, I had tweeted something the night before. I think it was Rosenthal broke the story that it had happened because – Look, it's not as as a guy part of the broadcast. It's not. I don't want to break that story, but it was like, is this real or not? So I started calling people I know from Colorado associated with the team, and they were like, "This is this is the day of it." They were like, "Oh yeah, he he's coming to St. Louis," and it was like, "How come no one has said that?" I double checked it to another guy who even told me kind of what the deal was going to be, but they said, "It's no doubt he's coming to St. Louis." So I tweeted. Folks in Colorado feel like it's going to be done, and it doesn't. And people started going crazy, but I was like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's done. But the thing that struck me about it is apparently in Colorado, everyone around the team knew there was leaks. You know, they yeah. even knew was the, some of the players, and and that's when the Cardinals are the most dangerous because there are no leaks, and it's it seemed to come out of nowhere for Cardinals and, and Cardinal fans. But once I started 
digging in a little deeper and I, I, I found some of the people who kind of knew about it. But, but Holiday swears that he's the one that told Wayno that it was done. Wow, that's interesting. And then if you remember, Wayno tipped us off on that Zoom call. Yes, he that did. That something big was coming. Yes, he did. And Mo on my show before that, so the Sunday before that, said, you know, we're working on some things. And, uh, and he kind of left it at that. I'm like, something's going on. I mean, I didn't think it would be Arenado, but he, and of course on Twitter, uh, and I love him to death, but the Cardinals fans who, who have the negative tone were like, Mo, Mo's working on nothing except his golf game, you know, or whatever. And uh, you just, there's something going on. I did not think it would be Arenado, but I was very pleased to hear. I had Mo on the, the Sunday after that. He couldn't come on because it wasn't official yet. So he told me politely declined. And, of course, I understood. They were still kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But the Sunday after that, he came on the show and he said, I, someday I'll, maybe I'll tell the story about the long – because it's been years now that they've right. been wanting him. He they said, I'll tell run. the story yeah. about everything and the close misses. And I said – I think that sounds like a garage happy hour to me. <laughs> let's get a let's get a beverage in Mo's hand and let him tell some stories. He, boy, he seems like now I haven't seen him, but I've talked to him. He seems like a different person, doesn't he? I mean, he's he's got to be loving life right now. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> you know, you go from people ripping you, saying you're not doing anything, when in the back of your mind you know you're this close to getting something done, and then it happens. You're kind of like, how you like me now? And <laughs> you know, you talk about Twitter, and you know, I love the fans and everything. But there are even some fans now, like um, we had Tommy Edmond on Fox the other day, and he said, um, I don't think they're, I mean, something as ambiguous and, and non-bulletin board as, I, I don't think there are many teams that are on our level now. We're definitely World Series contenders. And people were like, Mo is done. You know, he made his deal for the, for the decade. And I was like, they, they just got Goldschmidt. Now they got Arenado. Like, you're, you're killing Mo now? I honestly think overall outside of Twitter, where you're always going to have that slice of people who are negative. I, I said this on Twitter. It's like that movie's this is spinal tap. Like I think the enthusiasm twists the knob to 11 now for Cardinal fans, because if there's one guy who can transform your lineup and also add a gold glove where you lost a, a very good player and gold glover and Cole Wong, it's Nolan Arenado. And I, I just think he makes that lineup so much better. And I understand that they're questions, but to be honest with you, in the NL Central, I thought they were going to be good anyway based on pitching and defense, which I know some people have questions about pitching, but you plug in Arenado now. I mean, you can't plug in a better bat than that. It transforms everything for this ball club. So I'm really, really excited about it. And it's yeah. not just because I have a nice <laughs> No, I'm excited too. And I'm excited, you know, for us as broadcast partners, of course. I mean, it means more eyeballs, more ears on the games and more talk and more excitement. And I'm, I've never been averse to um, negativity. I, you know, as long as there's passion, I'm cool with it. I, I don't, I don't want apathy ever. I mean, if right. people are right. like, who the Cardinals, what? I mean, that's that's where we're in real trouble. I mean, if people are negative, that's fine. I put a lineup out today on Twitter, or I wrote it on KMOX.com, and I said, okay, I'm just going to take a first crack at this. Edmund Carlson, because I want him in front of the big protection of Goldschmidt and Arenado, 3-4. DeYoung, 5. Molina, 6. Because I like two speedy guys together in O'Neal and Bader, 7-8, and then the pitcher. And the response was pretty good. And then this one woman tweeted, she's like, terrible lineup. 
You've got <laughs> you got Molina in front of two runners. You're clogging up the base paths, you know. And it, instead of me, there it is. And instead of me getting mad, I laughed. I'm like, that's the Cardinals fan I'm looking for right there. I I want that. I want that. But you don't want to break up the you don't want to break up the right-handed bats though somehow. Uh, yeah, you know that's that's an issue too. I've got two switch hitters up top. I've got righty, 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 righty. You know. I would have that down. too, but but I would toy with the idea of putting Carlson somewhere else, um, just because you know he can hit from either side of the plate. Um, but you know, I, and uh, I think it was Schilt was talking about this the other day. You you never want to break up if you can put Goldsmith in there and then Arenado. You do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't think twice <laughs> yeah. about it. I, I was a little surprised. Uh, and and by the way, one the other point I wanted to make: the the folks that I know in Colorado. And they're not laying out BS because they don't really care. But they said, this guy is going to love St. Louis. Holiday said the same thing. And he knows he's going to love it. And they said, he honestly just loves baseball. And they, and I know it's cliche now, hardest worker, blah, blah, blah. But they say, Arenado's at the field taking ground balls sometimes before anyone comes in. He's like, you know, the best player, you know, one of the best players in the game because he just loves the game so much. I agree with you. I think he's going to love it. But the one thing that I, I thought they would get maybe a, a lefty veteran outfield bat um, to just throw into the mix, um, just because give him a little bit more balance. Yeah. That is Jim Hayes with me on the garage. Happy hour. Jack Peterson ended up going to the Cubs and NL central will be interesting. Cardinals are not going to run away with this division. I mean, it is going to be a fight. Cubs will be good. Brewers will be good. Reds, I would put as the fourth best team, but always something to keep an eye on. They've kind of taken a step back, though. And then the Pirates might spoil a game or two, but they're not going to, wouldn't it be, be expected to do much more than fifth in the division? But the Cardinals, it'll be a fight to win this thing. I mean, it is not going to be easy. Definitely will take a lot of work, but as it stands right now, I don't know anyone that wouldn't put them at the top of the NL Central. We'll talk to John Mosellock live next. By the way, my Garage Happy Hour is every Thursday at 5.30 on the KMOX Sports Facebook page. It's also broadcast on Twitter at 5.30 Central Time on Thursday. Mo is next. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 1131 on the home of the Cardinals, KMOX. 1231 at the spring training home of the Cardinals, Jupiter, Florida. That's where we find Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. Good morning, Mo, and good afternoon in Florida. Good morning, or yeah, afternoon. That's right. How a lovely day here. Yep. Um, so got our work in today, and a short day here at the ballpark is tomorrow is our first full uh, workout. Exciting, isn't it, to get everyone together? And you've had position players go through that intake process so they could get some early work in, haven't you? Yeah, we've had a lot of guys come down. Um, obviously, we were telling people not to come too early because of um, all the protocols that we're adjusting to and adapting to, but. You know, net net, it's been. I think I've pretty much seen everyone. I think today, but um, yeah, tomorrow will be fun. It's always great when you when you can kick it off and uh, you know, knock on wood, everybody will be available tomorrow. But uh, I'll probably learn that tonight in terms of how the intake price process went. Yeah, you've had that intake process for everybody, players, staff, and everyone in a tent city outside, which is nice. The Cardinals and Mike Schilt was 
speaking very highly of what the club has done for his team in setting up a very comfortable area, both to work out, to relax, to eat. Uh, everything has its own place, doesn't it? Outside. You know, it's yes, first off. And it's, you can do all this when you have more control of your facility. Right. And the fact that like, unless you're a tier, you can't get back there. So from that standpoint, it, it's made it much more manageable, manageable. And I also feel like, you know, from the player staff standpoint, they just, they appreciate that they have someplace to go and, and either meet or relax that's outdoors and, and the, um, a very safe setting. You're one week away from playing a ball game. That is something. February 28th, uh, you did give us the news here recently on one of your Zoom calls that there are some clubs that are looking at playing seven-inning games. Where does that stand right now? Um, I think most of those will be uh, probably day of game decision or, or we'll probably hear um, maybe the day be- night before. So for planning purposes, it's a little difficult, especially in the um, latter half of the game in terms of like trying to balance innings. But we'll we'll be aggressive and and, and pick up a few B games, and um, you know hopefully uh, I can find some innings because you know our pitching staff is fairly unique in the sense that we have really about ten guys that are looking to get more than just an inning. So. Um, from starter standpoint, you know, as as they progress through camp, they'll obviously start eating more and more innings, and then trying to give another group of pitchers um, at least multiple inning outings when they go is is going to be a, a challenge. But I think um, we'll be able to figure this out. Yeah, you that is a it's a good problem to have, I guess, is to have that kind of depth or the number of people that you have an opportunity to take a fifth spot in the rotation and see that develop. Of course, you have Jack and you have Wayne O and you have KK who are going to be trying to get those innings. And Miles, too. How is Miles looking? How, how are, how's everything coming out here this first week? I would say we're, we're very pleased with where he's at. Um, you know, I think that he threw a bullpen today, so really it'll just depend on how he responds in the next day or two. But, you know, he's been able to, to be very consistent in, in when he throws. And, you know, I think overall he feels pretty good about where he's at. That's good. And then Carlos Martinez would be in contention along with Johnny Gant, who said over and over the past couple of years that he wants a crack at that. And we know Daniel Ponce de Leon has the stuff as a starter. It's interesting, isn't it? I guess Carlos Martinez, gosh, we've been talking about him for almost a decade. I mean, he, he was your eighth inning setup man in the World Series in 2013. You know his stuff, uh, but it's a matter of being consistent. And uh, what are the re- reviews of him so far? Uh, so far, so good. I think winter ball helped him. I think it, it allowed him to prepare for, for the season, which I think was something um, that we all agree he needed. And so, you know, as we look at, at where he's at, I mean, obviously we're, we're watching bullpens, and, and for the most part you always look good in a bullpen. But I think just the way the ball's coming out of his hand, uh, the movement, overall I think we're very encouraged about where he's at. So I certainly think um, – you know, the next couple of weeks will be very uh, telling on how things might look by the time we get to a- April. Um, it's sort of funny, right? Because you're asking like how the baseball side is looking. And it's honestly like the last like five, six days have been all focused on making sure we're following protocols and staying safe and that kind of environment. So, 
you know, trusting the uniform personnel are all over the baseball stuff. But um, from what I'm hearing, uh, um, very encouraging on, on how our rotation may, may shake out. Yeah, it's good to hear. And the, the two Nolans are getting good reviews, too. Of course, your big prize in the offseason, Nolan Arenado, and the effect that he has on everybody. I guess just from a human standpoint, what a nice thing to have. We all know about his ability, but... I keep hearing about people, you know, taking a little bit of knowledge from him and just what he is like as a human being is, uh, is very important to the process. isn't it? Um, yes, obviously, uh, um, when you're thinking about bringing someone into your or onto your team, you, you certainly want them to, to fit in and, and be someone that, that will make an impact, not only just of what they're able to do on the field, but also, what they'll be able to do in the clubhouse and, and um, helping other people grow. And, you know, he, I don't know him extremely well yet, but I can tell you like, you know, he loves to talk baseball. He loves to be around the game. And um, I think he is someone with a really high baseball IQ. And I think he likes sharing that with people. And so, you know, from that standpoint, I think that's awesome. And I also think that, you know, when you look at the type of impact he's going to have on this club, I think you're you're already seeing you know small signs that it's going to be more than just just the baseball. And then Nolan Gorman, who's getting a lot of attention playing second base, you told us on this show a week ago that he would be seeking a new position. And the fact that I mean, I like that to hear that he wanted to come in and work. He comes in and he's working with Jose Okendo and Stubby Clap, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's an impressive young guy, and and you know he he looks great. He's he's moving around well, and um, you know I think his mindset is exactly what you need right now. And so I think the the key thing now is to be patient, let him experiment with some things, and um, I think he's a quick learner. But you know I think from a fan standpoint, we're going to want to see what he can do with that bat. But ultimately. Uh, you know, finding another position to play, I think would benefit him long-term for sure. And then I wanted to ask you about the catching position, just uh, your view uh, from where you are looking at uh, all of the catchers that you have. You have uh, a lot to to work with. You've got Sanchez, uh, you have Heineman, you have uh, Kisner, you have a great prospect in Herrera, you have others, and of course you have Yachty. Uh, where do you see just where you are from a catching standpoint, John Mosellock? Well, I like our depth. Um, you know, obviously Yachty gets a lot of the playing time or innings at, at the uh, regular season, but we've got to start thinking about what tomorrow is going to look like. And so, you know, ultimately you mentioned um, Kiz and, 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 and Sanchez of guys that, that give you just, you know, immediate protection now. And of course, um, Ivan Herrera is someone that I think that we're all excited about for the long, long view. But, you know, the, the good news is you know, I think right now we know we have that protection if we need it. And, you know, I think it's an important year for Kisner to, to get some major league experience and, and to, to grow into that position more. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that we've got to sort of work through and focus on as we get into camp, as we get into the season. Um, and rather than sort of pigeonhole anyone at the moment, I think let's just be open-minded and, and allow these guys to play a little baseball. Well, I respect the process that you all are going through and trying to make these adjustments. And as your broadcast partner, we will be 
working hard to make sure that we bring it to the people and we'll adjust as necessary. We'll just roll with it, just like fans are going to have to roll with it, media rolls with it down there. There's a lot to adjust to, and before long we'll be back at Bush Stadium and there'll be adjustment there too. Yeah, let's hope fans are in the stands and let's hope uh, you know people get to come out and watch the game this year. And, and my fingers are crossed that'll happen. And uh, you know, right now there's a great buzz around this club. I wish people could experience it. And um, but now, now they just have to trust us. But yeah, it's it's a fun place to be. We've been blessed with some great weather, and um, you know, all our guys are getting in their work, and, and that's nice to see. Uh, it's exciting, and I always appreciate the updates and the conversation. Have a great week, and we'll catch up with you soon. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations with us on sports on a Sunday morning. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, it's Nick Ragone of the Ascension Charity Classic. Some big updates to that PGA Champions event coming to St. Louis this fall at Norwood Hills. Back after this. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back on KMOX Sports on a Sunday Morning. Wow, how about the fact that in about, what, seven months, less than that, we're going to get professional golf back in St. Louis. St. Louis will do it right. They did it right for the PGA Championship in 2018, and here we are in 2021 with the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson at Norwood Hills Country Club and a big announcement as the tournament brand ambassadors and some big names coming to that event. Here is Ascension's Chief Marketing and Chief Communications Officer, Nick Rigone, back on Sports on a Sunday Morning. How are you, Nick? Great. It's a little snowy out, not quite golf weather yet, but excited to be with you. And September will be right around the corner. We can't wait for uh, professional golf to return to St. Louis and return permanently. Bell Reeve PGA was wonderful, but it's about once every 10 or 15 years, and this will be every year. Absolutely right. I'm excited for Tuesday. It's going to be 57 degrees and sunny. I'm going to call that 60. I'm going to call that 60 and sunny. That's golf weather. Oh, my goodness. Is it ever? It's going to be fun. That's for sure. The snow might still be melting in some of the areas, but so what? I mean, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for September 6th through the 12th at Norwood. Beautiful golf course. Uh, site of the 1948 PGA yep. Championship. PGA, ben Hogan. Ben, ben Hogan, Hogan won that one. Yeah, just just Ben Hogan. I mean, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, just Ben Hogan. Yeah. And, and if you remember the St. Louis uh, in 1973 and 1974, the PGA Tour had an event at Norwood, and the winners of that were uh, two people called Gene Littler and uh, Lee Trevino, Hall oh, of Famers. Sure. So Norwood has a good history. Oh, absolutely right. Uh, so you have a big-time name coming, well, a bunch of them, but I want to start with Hale Irwin. Uh, who is from Missouri, 45 PGA Tour champions victories, six major championships, and a 20-time winner on the PGA Tour, three U.S. Open victories. He is going to be, as a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame, part of this Norwood Hills experience with PGA Tour's champions in the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. To have Hale Irwin's name attached to this is a big deal for you, isn't it? Absolutely. And Hale, when we had our press conference on October 8th of 2019 at Norwood, Hale was there and was a supporter. And so this week we announced that Hale is officially a brand ambassador for the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson, along with two other wonderful players, Tom Lehman, who is the 1996 British Open champion and a a three-time winner on the PGA Tour Championship champions, and Billy Andrade. And Billy's really special. He was also at our event on October 8th. Uh, and he works closely with worldwide technology as well. So he has a real affinity for 
St. Louis. It's kind of a second home for him now. He's working with Ascension. He's working with Worldwide. And all three are obviously Hale's a Hall of Famer and from this area, but all three are going to be wonderful ambassadors for the tournament. And part of the reason why, 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 why we wanted them on the team was that, um, you know, and Hale and Tom have both won the PGA Tour Payne Stewart Award, which is about giving back. And Billy has also been honored for uh, the CVS Charity Classic that he created with Brad Faxon. But all three of them are steeped in giving back. And eventually, uh, ultimately, this tournament is about giving back to charities in North County. And even though we couldn't play last year, I was really proud that we were able to give back $225,000 to the Boys and Girls Club, Urban League, and Mary Grove, uh, even without a tournament, which, according to the PGA Tour, is the only time that's ever happened where without even playing the event, we've already given back almost a quarter million dollars. Yeah, if you're not familiar, and people might be, of course, familiar on KMOX because of our work with the Urban League of Metropolitan St. Louis, Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater St. Louis. If you're not as familiar with Mary Grove, that is a residential treatment and support facility for children and teens struggling with debilitating emotional and behavioral issues resulting from abuse neglect, and other trauma. What an unbelievably important uh, piece of work they do, Nick. Yeah, Mary Grove is a really special organization, and, and they're one of our beneficiaries. And when we held that press conference on October 8th of 2019, uh, their CEO attended uh, the event, and Billy Andrade actually did a tour of Mary Grove, and he came back, and I could tell you he was moved. He was oh. genuinely moved and, and has been involved, and they have their gala coming up in a few weeks, Mary Grove. And for any of your listeners who are familiar with it, certainly check them out. But we're just so proud that we're able to, we wanted this event to be in North County. We wanted it to be at Norwood because it's a great course, but we also want to long-term help catalyze additional economic and charitable investment in the area. And, and that's part of the reason why Emerson signed up, frankly, they're right next to Norwood and they feel really strongly about investing in North County worldwide has been a major partner. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have some huge news about some other corporate partners that are going to be joining. We can't quite announce it yet. But I could tell you that the St. Louis business community, and you guys know this and your listeners know this, uh, it's a very giving community. They, they want to give back, and the support has been overwhelming. And uh, I'm told that we've already sold out all of our hospitality tents on the, uh, mm. on the 13th hole. That's 14 of them, and we're already moving to more holes. And so ticket sales have gone through the roof. I think people are ready to go back outside and have live sporting events by September. Um, sponsorships are going well. And if you're any of your listeners or corporate leaders are interested, go to ascensioncharityclassic.com. But the community understands how important this is long-term for our development and the PGA tour too. They gave us a great spot on the calendar where we're not opposite any PGA tour event. So we're one of only two events that have no opposite field event, which is a really big deal. It means we're going to be the sole professional golf game uh, in the United States for that week. Some big names on the PGA tour champions, Darren Clark, Ernie Els, Miguel Angel Jimenez, Bernhard. named Phil. Wonder. Yeah. How about uh, Phil Mickelson? Phil and Furyk. And Jim Furyk, one of my favorites. But I love, everyone loves Phil. I mean, who doesn't love watching Phil? Anytime yeah, I bring Phil up, the, the, yeah. anytime I bring up this today. event, you, people say, Phil, is Phil going to be there? Where's Phil? Is Phil going to come? And we're working on Phil. And trust me, we want Phil to be there. But there was a big story uh, today uh, in USA Today saying that Phil is, likely to make the PGA tour champions. He's full-time home as he, you know, kind of winds down his playing career on the PGA tour. He's not quite as competitive, but he's one, he's two for two. He's going to play in the Cola guard in Arizona, I think uh, next week. And so we, uh, we're uh, in any of your listeners who are on social media, certainly tweet Phil and feel free to invite him to St. Louis. But we feel like between Furyk and Phil and Ernie Els, Darren Clark, Patrick Harrington, uh, and then in a couple of years, you got Justin Leonard and David Duvall, but, 
it's going to be a stacked field. Freddie Couples and, um, you know, obviously Hale Irwin, and we're hoping to have some more legends of the game that we'll announce in a few weeks. But we will have one of the strongest fields of the year. And for it's, sure. it's such a great interactive field, too. Having been as a kid growing up around that because a, a fr- family friend of ours, Larry Ziegler, who played on the PGA Tour and then uh, played uh, with what was previously called the Senior PGA Tour, uh, I just found all those players to be so friendly and talkative with the galleries and just having a good time. It's just, it is exactly what you would want in a spectator event. Yeah, it truly is. And for your listeners who haven't played in a pro-am with PGA tour champions, it's one of the great thrills you can have in golf because, and the the PGA tour is great too, but the, the PGA tour players, they're looking to make big money and make cuts and make a living. These guys are just having a good time on the champions tour. There's no cut. And so they're relaxed and, I've had the good fortune of playing in a few with uh, with some of the great players on the tour, and, and they give you playing t- uh, lessons and tips, and they tell you stories, and they keep in touch with you. And honestly, and people always ask me, what's the, d- the difference between the Champions Tour event and a PGA Tour event or the PGA at Bell Reeve? And I always say the Pro-Ams. You know, there's no Pro-Ams at Bell Reeve. Obviously, it's a major, but the Pro-Ams, we're going to have a couple of days of them with the players. We're going to have some of the legends from the Blues and the Cards out there. And it'll be really a, a party atmosphere, uh, also giving back, obviously, but a great chance to play with some of these guys up close. And like I said, it's about as much fun as you can have on a golf course. AscensionCharityClassic.com, the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Nick Ragone has been with us, and we really appreciate it. Have a great Sunday. You too. Take care. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Our producer is James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us. Mike Claiborne, Mike Kelly, Earl Austin Jr., Jim Hayes, John Mosellock, Nick Ragone, Brian Kelly as well. He'll have the news at the top of the hour on KMOX. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.